joy of the Lord to come down. I want the joy of the Lord to fall now. I want the joy of the Lord in my life. I want the joy of the Lord to lift me. I want the joy of the Lord to change me. I want the joy of the Lord in my life. It's time I started dancing over all these graves. It's time I gave you all my God the highest praise. It's time to lift my everything. Praise you, Lord. Mm. We stand and lift up our hands for the joy of the Lord is our strength. We bow down and worship him now how great how awesome is he and together we sing everyone sing holy is the lord god almighty Yeah. 
trust you more. We want to love you more. Father, we can only do that by your spirit. You call me out upon the water, the great unknown, where feet may fail. My faith will stand, and I will call upon your name, and keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace. 
Your grace abounds in deepest waters. Your sovereign hand will be my guide. Where feet may fail and fear surrounds me, you never fail and you won't start now. And I creator of the universe is ours in us with us always never leaves us never forsakes us god you are awesome thank you lord praise you father help us to trust you to follow you because there is nothing better 
than to be in your presence, Lord, to sense your spirit testifying to our spirit that we are your child, that nothing happens to us that does not pass through your hands, Lord. What an awesome, awesome promise. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. No thing can compare your living home. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves Where my heart becomes free and my shame is Of your goodness, let us become 
distract from what God is doing in this place. We bind you in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, just loose yourself. Lord, there's people in here that don't know you. They are perishing without you, Lord. They don't know the sweetness of your presence. They can't sing that song knowing that it is true. Lord, I pray that you would speak to them right now. Father, just pour your love all over them so they will just be drawn for every need that is represented in this place that only you can meet, Lord. Help us to stop trying to figure stuff out ourselves, but to come to you first. Put down the pride or anything else that would stop us from just coming to you and seeking you, Lord. You are our provider. You are our healer. Lord, I pray for those who are anxious about physical things, Lord. You are the great physician. You, Lord, are working all things for our good. We can have peace in that. We can have joy in that because we have your presence in our heart. Thank you, Lord. I pray that you would continue to just permeate us during this time. Father, I pray for our offering, Lord, that we give out of cheerful hearts, that we give to expand to your kingdom, that we give to send the gospel to those kids, that we give, that on Santa's breakfast, every child, every person in this place will hear of your love for them and the great gift that you give us in eternal life with you, Lord. I pray that we would seed into those things for the people in Thailand that are being baptized in your name. 
that is what you said to do, Lord. We do this out of obedience to you, but we do it with joy because it's all yours anyway. None of Praise you, Jesus. Father, I pray for every cent that goes into this offering. Lord, every person that will be touched because of our giving, Lord, we just thank you. We love you. We praise you. We give all glory and honor to you in Jesus' name. Amen. going dead. Um, I forgot to invite you all to stay immediately after the service. We are going to be packing our operation shoebox, uh, shoeboxes in the back there, and it looks like they got it pretty organized. If you could stay just for a few moments and help us to get those ready, we are shooting for 100 boxes for me to deliver tomorrow morning. So praise God. I am believing him for that. He's done it before, and uh, he'll do it again. But we have a special treat this morning. Not that I, you know, I mean, I love Pastor Larry, but I love Chaplain Burke too. And Chaplain Burke from the Bradenton Transitional Center has agreed to come and share the word with us this morning. Let's welcome Chaplain Burke. Hello. Okay. Here we are. Well, good morning, everyone. It's so nice to be back here today. And I know that you're missing your shepherd. Um, but we'll pray that the Lord will help me to um, just fill your tank today with all of his love and goodness as we uh, just get into the word. And I see he's already got it up there. But um, before we start, um, y'all got your Bibles? Got your Bibles? I'm going to say, buckle up. I won't say buttercup, though. But buckle up, because we're on a ride this morning through the Word of God. So, um, you know, this is the sword of the Spirit, God's Word. And we need to be more and more and more just depending, I mean, with everything going on in this world, right? We need to keep our eyes on the Lord. Way more, I would say. That's why I say buckle up, because uh, <laughs> I think we're in for a ride the next couple of years, maybe even more, until the Lord comes, which, you know, I want him to come soon, but there's still a lot of people who don't know him. We still have a lot of work to do, right? 
So uh, let me just pray uh, before we, I know we've prayed, the Holy Spirit is here, but, um, you know, Father God, we just thank you, Father, for this time. And I have been reminded, and I am reminded always in your word in Colossians 1, where you say to not cease to pray for each other. And so that we are to ask that we may be filled with all the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that we may have a walk worthy of you, fully pleasing you, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing, increasing in the knowledge of who you are, Father. Strengthen us with all your might according to your glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. And we give you thanks, Father, for you have qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light of your marvelous love. So thank you for opening our hearts this morning to receive from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, you do see that first scripture up there is um, God's word divides asunder, right? Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirits and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Well, that's a lot right there. But I'm going to break that down a little bit as we go through this scripture but um, before we do that, I just want to give you a visual. If you can just, I asked him to just go through that PowerPoint. It's pretty much a visual of our threefold nature, the nature of man, the triune nature. As we can see, the spirit serves God, the body serves the, the, the soul, and the soul serves the spirit. They are distinct, but so entwined. It's like we can't hardly discern them. We most of the time have difficulty discerning. But today I want to help you to understand how we need that sort of the spirit that's going to cut away that fleshly nature. And that's what the word of God is intended to do in your life, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, as we had just talked about. So if you could go ahead to the next one. And this is just another understanding of that three-part nature of man. We are spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And as you can see, the outward shell, this body, the flesh, is the outward uh, circle there. We have the five senses, the organs, uh, the uh, brain, the nerves. Then we have the soul, which is pretty much our personality. Uh, the conscious mind and the subconscious mind, we have all those, our will and choices come from our soul area, and then there we are in the middle, the Spirit of God that uh, gives us meaning and purpose in life. So that's another illustration. If we can go to the next one. In, uh, these, you see the foreskin of the heart there, which we're reminded in Deuteronomy 10, 12 through 22, and you can read some of these further for your own study, but it says, circumcise then the foreskin of your heart and do not be stubborn any longer. Oh, come on. 
I want to be stubborn. And in Philippians 3.3, it says, For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus, and we have no confidence in the flesh. But oh my goodness, we give in to that fleshly, carnal nature quite often, don't we? Some more than others. So the foreskin of the heart equals the sin nature, which Jesus said he's nailed it to the cross. All right, let's go to the next one. This is, as you see, the hands of God with the sword of the Spirit, the, the Word, peeling off that foreskin and opening up our spirit man to be released. That's what you have to understand that's going on inside of you. If you are yielding to the work of the Holy Spirit. Okay, I won't preach yet, but let's go on. I want to read that, I'm sorry, let's read that scripture up there, Colossians 2, 9 through 14. It says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised in the putting off of the sinful nature, not with a circumcision done by the hands of man, but with the circumcision done by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism and then raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him up from the dead when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code and its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took away, nailing it to the cross. All right, I'm trying to give you a visual of what I'm going to talk about. Okay, a couple more then. And then uh, is your heart circumcised? You can read that scripture, Romans 2, 12 through. I, I just recommend read the whole chapter of Romans 2. So one of two problems exists today in this area of cutting off our flesh. Either we've never been told it is necessary or we are about or we set about to try to do it on our own. We try to do the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives on our own. If I do more, if I pray more, if I read the word more, yeah, I'll read the word and pray more, but if I do more good deeds, then I'll become what God has called me to be. No, it's an inward work of the Holy Spirit. And we are all so different because we all have such a different purpose and meaning for our life that we cannot compare what is going on in my heart to what is going on in someone else's heart. You make a big mistake comparing yourself. Okay, so next one. Again, we see the works of the flesh. And if you read Galatians chapter 5, you will see all the works of the flesh and more. Uh, this is what we're cutting away, what the Holy Spirit, and we have to yield ourselves to ask him to cut away idolatry. Idolatry is a big one. <laughs> Hatred. What's going on in the world today? I mean, I cannot, I mean, just coming here, I, my sister and I, we stopped at a gas station, and there was a lady who got upset, and, and 
I mean, she just, everything, I'm sorry, that came out of her mouth was all extreme rage and hatred. I mean, I just couldn't believe one little thing like that would cause someone to go off like that. But that's what's going on in the world among non-believers. I pray it's not going on among believers. <laughs> so the works of the flesh, this is the cutting away of these um, areas in our lives that we need to just yield that to the Lord. Okay, and then the next one, so that we can ask the Holy Spirit to produce the fruit of the Spirit. You know, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. So if you're not asking the Lord to take this, I'm going to yield this sin nature to you. I know I struggle with this. Sometimes we don't even know, but if we're asking in general, God's going to show us. And then ask him, produce the fruit of the Spirit. It's one thing I try to teach at the center, to ask the girl, to tell the girls to ask the Lord to produce the fruit of the Spirit within you. If you don't ask the Lord to help you love more like he loves, he's going to wait until you ask him. He's going to try to give you many opportunities. But he will not force, the Holy Spirit will not force himself upon you. Uh, you know, so anyway, thank you. You can leave it there or move it back to the first one. But um, okay, so I said buckle up because I'm going to try to get through this quick. I'm just going to read first all the scripture that I'm probably going to refer to uh, even more than that because I really, I, I want the word to just go forth and be released in this atmosphere. But um, in 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 18, if you want to write these down, you can write them down and go read them, but they're not on the overhead. But in 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 18, it says, So from now on we regard, we regard no one according to the flesh. It says from now on we regard no one, thank you, according to the flesh. And I'm, I'm reading from the New uh, uh, World Translation, or the, uh, not the NIV, but the, I can't remember. It's an easy to understand one. So the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us. He's given each one of us what is called in the word the ministry of reconciliation. That is to be our daily uh, focus, our daily goal. Who can I be reconciled to today? Who can I help in this ministry of reconciliation? Okay, Ephesians 4.24, it says, Put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Colossians 3.10, it says, And having put on the new self, who, being renewed, to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. I'm going to go back to the Old Testament. Ezekiel 36, 26. It says, Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh of the Spirit of God. Okay? So, and then in 2 Corinthians um, 
4, 16, and 17, it says, this is the reason we do not give up. Our human body is wearing out. <laughs> it's wearing out every day, isn't it? <laughs> I told the girls I lose things I don't want to lose, and I leak where I don't want to leak. And <laughs> you know, it's, like <laughs> it's giving up every day, but my spirit man keeps moving on, right? <laughs> anyway, so uh, in verse 17 there, it says, the little troubles we suffer now for a short time are making us ready for the great things God is going to give us forever. We have to have that forever in view all the time. Eternity. Whew. I start talking about eternity, I get excited because I know that I know I'm going to live forever and it's not going to be in poverty. <laughs> Abundance, right? <laughs> so, okay, Lord. I'm with you. I'm moving on and I'm going that way because we're all going to get there. Amen? In 1 Peter 3, 4, it says your beauty should come from the inside. It should come from the heart. This is the kind that lasts. Your beauty should be gentle and quiet spirit. In God's sight, this is of great worth and no amount of money can buy it. In Romans 12, 2, remember, refer, go home and read chapter 12 in Romans. It says, do not act like the sinful people of the world. Let God change your life. First of all, let him give you, what, a new mind. Because you have to change your thinking in order to change your feeling, in order to change your walk. Right? It's uh, this something I say all the time to the girls. What we think is how we feel. How we feel is how we walk. There are the consequences. So what do you got to change? Your thinking. Ask the Lord, please, Lord, renew my mind. And you know what? He will. When you renew your mind, your feelings change. When you renew all of that, then your behavior, your walk changes. It's a promise. All right, Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Third John 2, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. You want your soul to prosper? Get your eyes on the Lord and in his word, which is the sword of the spirit. It's alive and active. Okay, James 1.21. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Glory to God. That's a lot of word right there. Amen? <laughs> so I said, buckle up. <laughs> I'm going to fill your tank today. The Lord is going to fill your tank. So we already read Hebrews 4.12. In the Bible, God revealed to us a spiritual principle and experience called circumcision. As with all spiritual truth, God first revealed it in the physical picture in the Old Testament. In order to understand the spiritual truth that we are to apply and experience in our Christian lives, it is first necessary to look at the dynamics of circumcision as God revealed them through the Old Testament. 
The prevailing idea in most churches is that God's primary objective is to forgive our sins so we can make it to heaven for eternity, right? While salvation and the forgiveness of sin is a fundamental objective in God's plan for his creation, and heaven is our ultimate destination, this falls way short of the complete work that God desires to do in and through you and me. It is never a thought in God's mind that we would find forgiveness only to be left in the bondage to sin. Never in God's mind. It wasn't God's intent that you keep repeating a cycle of sin and forgiveness over and over. Here is God's perfect vision for you. In Romans 8.29, I didn't read this one before, but it's a short one. Romans 8.29, it says, for, God, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son. Do you or do you not believe that the very Spirit of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, lives within you? Greater is he that is in you than it is in the world. Do you not believe that the things that Jesus accomplished on this earth in the flesh is available to you? Right. It is available to you and me. Jesus' death on the cross accomplished much more than simply the forgiveness of sins. It made it possible for you to become like Christ. In order for you to become Christ-like, you must get rid of the old fleshly nature that is sinful. This is where the spiritual principle of the circumcision comes in. Circumcision is the cutting away of the flesh, where when it is cut away, then your spirit man is more able to come forth and blossom and grow. I just want to give you an example of, a, of an awful sinful nature that I struggled with. Wasn't really quite fully aware. I thought I was all that. <laughs> right? Um, gone to Bible school, read the word, gotten educated. And um, this was a family issue. My um, daughter's first husband, she ran away and got married, and he was in a uh, rehab program. And um, so it was a bumpy ride for five years, and I was very tired, very stressed. It's like, God, you know, is there no winning here in this situation? And I had become very tired of, his destruction. And I would get the word and I started praying, you know, about all these things. And finally I said, God, he's a reprobate. Just kill him. Just kill him. He's no good. He's causing so much destruction. Just get him out of my life. Get him out of her life, my grandchildren's life. Just kill him, God. And when the hand of God comes on you, you never forget. God's spirit came on me so hard, I landed up on the floor on my face. 
And he said to me very distinctly and very firmly, he said, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I wept. I was so, I mean, that was a cut of the fleshly nature, pride, self-sufficiency, witchcraft, just, I got to cut that off. And he cut it off. And from that point on, I want to tell you, I did a 180 in my prayers, in what I would pray even for anyone, because I'd be judged. That was what I thought was how you pray and take authority. Well, God knew the intent of my heart and my self-centeredness. I wasn't thinking about that man at all, who was God's child as well. I didn't think about him one minute, except for what was going on. I didn't think about his heart. Thank God, God did. And I am so thankful for that. But you see, this is where you have to yield that nature to the Lord. You cannot do it on your own. Thank God, I, I didn't have to do it on my own. So, the outstanding implication of Hebrews 4.12 is whether we are living by intuitive guidance in the spirit or by the naturally good or bad influence of our fleshly nature of the soul. The word of God must judge in this particular respect for only God's sharp sword can differentiate the source of our living. So are you having trouble distinguishing between the voice of your recreated spirit and the voice of your soul? Your spirit and your soul are two different entities, as we showed up there before. But only God's word can separate the two. As you begin re renewing your mind with God's word, you will position yourself to follow your spiritual heart now with confidence in every situation of life. Just because you're a Christian doesn't necessarily mean you'll be successful in fulfilling God's plan for your life. Certainly, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you will go to heaven one day. But it's quite possible to live out your entire life on earth and fail to fulfill your destiny and receive the rich blessings God has planned for you. More than half of my life I spent defeated by my sinful nature and wrong choices. How about you? I know. We're all the same, unfortunately. But we don't hear enough of this kind of teaching in the, or through the pulpit. Uh, when I say, listen to your heart, what heart <laughs> you're supposed to listen to. Even in the world, people sometimes say things such as, oh, I mean it from the bottom of my heart, or he has a big heart. Uh, they understand that these phrases don't refer to the physical heart that is beating inside your chest. Uh, they, the physical organ that pumps the blood through your body. They know there is more to our heart, our spiritual heart, than what is in the body. 
The Bible teaches that man possesses a spiritual heart as well as a physical heart. In fact, there are more than 800 references in the Bible to man's heart, and very few of them refer to that physical part of the body. Most of these references refer to the unseen center of man's being, the inward man. Uh, those are scriptures I referred to before in 2 Corinthians 4.16 and 1 Peter 3.4. When I say, listen to your heart, I'm referring to listening to your spiritual inward man. The inward part of your heart. Of course, it's true that at times, your physical senses give you information that you should listen to and heed. <laughs> For instance, if you touch a hot stove, your sense of touch will tell you take your hand off that stove quickly, right? And you need to obey that. That's your brain and body and soul connection. It's telling you through all the senses on that outward circle, there's something going on in your body you need to pay attention to, right? So, but I'm talking about listening to your heart or your spirit in situations for which there may be no solution in the natural or in the physical realm. Your physical senses might tell you, run from that problem. <laughs> or your mind might tell you, there's no way out. But in those kinds of situations, you need to receive the Holy Spirit's direction and stand on God's word without wavering. Boy, it's hard not to waver, isn't it? One day, oh, everything's going to be all right. Oh, no, fear grips a hold of us, doesn't it? Sometimes that fear is horrible. But nothing is too difficult for God to overcome by his word. So successfully, we need to successfully be following God's plan for your life. It depends on what you choose to listen to. Hopefully some of you have already gone through this battle and you've won over it. But you can know you can't without the word. Your physical senses or the word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit. If you just listen to the physical senses or to your mind, you eventually lose your peace and your joy, and you forfeit the victories God intended for you to have, because you're moving off in another direction. The word of God is not a dead word or an ineffective word. It has life in it. And because it has life in it, it produces effects. Your influence, which you have in a family or a friend, you, your words, your life has influence on another life, and it produces an effect, either good or bad, doesn't it? It's the same with the living word of God. It it, it just focuses on the thoughts and intents of your heart. There's something about the truth as God has revealed it that connects it to God as a source of all life and power. God loves his word. He is partial to his word. He honors his word 
with his presence and his power. If you want your teaching or your witness to have power and produce effects, stay close to the revealed word of God that is sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow. So what does this living and effective word do? It pierces. For what purpose? To divide, to divide what? The soul and the spirit. What does that mean, you might say? For instance, if you focused your attention on what you've heard on the news, you would become depressed, thinking about all the problems in the world around you. You could begin wondering, how are we ever going to make it? <laughs> right? But it doesn't matter what your mind or your physical senses tell you. It doesn't matter what the news media says. Regardless of what the circumstances look like, the word of God is still true. And you, if you would get quiet on the inside and begin listening to your heart or your spirit heart, your spiritual heart, is saying the Holy Spirit would minister the truth of God's word to you. How many of you have heard in a time of trouble, God speaking to you? Quiet, be still. You know, that song that was sang earlier, uh, Oceans, you know, um, there was a time in my life where I was in such turmoil and it was as if everything was like coming against me. And I had a dream this one day. It was like in the wee hours of the morning. And in this dream, I'm a swimmer. I, do wa I did water ballet when I was younger. I was a lifeguard. So I'm a swimmer. So God spoke to me in terms of that. When he uh, put me in this, he, this visual, I was in a, an ocean. And the current was so strong. I was trying to swim against the current. And it was very strong. And I felt like it was just going to pull me under. I could hardly breathe. And I heard the Lord whisper, float. <laughs> I went, float? Is that all you got, God? Float? <laughs> float? He said, float. It will take you where you need to go. Another word that just changed my life. See, I'm a floater because I do water stuff. I could sleep and float. And I could, so I felt, as soon as I relaxed, every bone in my body felt relaxed, and I was above that water, and it was just taking me right to where I needed to go. I didn't have to fight. I didn't have to struggle. I, it was my way, my will, right? Have you ever been in that situation? I'm, things are overtaking me. i got to do something. <laughs> float. God says, float. He'll get you right through it and bring you right to the right destination. And he will do it. So what about, oh, I'm sorry, let me go back up here. We are spirit beings, but the Bible also teaches that we possess a soul, we live in a body. We read that in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. 
It's easy to distinguish our body from our spirit or even from our soul because the body is the part of us that's visible and contacts the physical, tangible realm. With the body, we contact the physical realm. With our spirit, our heart, we contact the spiritual realm. With our soul, including our mind, that's our will and our emotions, we contact the intellectual and the emotional realms. But what about distinguishing our spirit or heart from our soul? It's much more difficult to distinguish between our spirit and soul because they are intangible, unseen parts of our being. Yet it is vitally important that we learn how to correctly distinguish between the two. If we don't, we won't be able to successfully listen to our hearts and be led by the Holy Spirit in the situations and circumstances in life. Hebrews 4.12 again shows us not only that the spirit and soul are separate entities, but they can be divided or distinguished only by the word of God. So the word divides asunder or separates the soul and the spirit of man because they are two separate and distinct entities. There would be no need to divide them if they were the same. For instance, if you tried to separate water from water, you would find it impossible. You cannot separate something from itself. The two distinct entities can be separated. For example, when water and dirt are mixed together in a container, the muddy water is still basically made up of two different elements, water and dirt. If left undisturbed, the mud might or could settle to the bottom of the container. The mud would be separate from the water because dirt and water are two separate entities, just like our soul and spirit, two separate entities. We're going to get the muddy, yucky stuff cut away and let the pure Spirit of God stuff flourish. Do you get that picture in your mind? I pray you do. Similarly, although the Spirit and the soul are intertwined within the nature of each person, they can be separated from each other because they are two separate entities. But they can only be separated and distinguished again by the Word of God. The truth is you can only follow the Holy Spirit's leading in your spiritual heart if you are continually renewing your mind with the Word of God, Romans 12, 2. You become more sensitive to God and the things of God when your mind is being renewed with the Word. I hope you agree. You know how you've grown since you've gotten into the Word and study the Word. I know your pastor loves to preach the Word. So I know that you're growing in your spiritual man. If you will continually fill your mind with God's Word by reading, meditating on, and speaking the Word, you will begin responding to circumstances in your life in line with the Word rather than from your fleshly, carnal, nature and your senses and from your emotions like I shared with you the lady at the gas station I mean it was as if there was a truck driver walking in front of me 
with a foul, very foul mouth. She had a very foul mouth. And you could sense her spirit. I mean, I just wanted to move out of the way from her. Everyone was influenced by that type of stuff that came out of her mouth. So let's, we need to pray for that lady. <laughs> so stay faithful to daily receiving the word in your heart and mind, James 1.21, and it will become easier and easier to listen to your heart with confidence following the Holy Spirit's leading in all the situations and circumstances of life. The Bible is the God's written word. The Lord Jesus causes the, uh, uses the teaching of the Bible to separate our soul and our spirit. He knew. He came in the flesh, remember? He knew what it was like to have that fleshly nature. Are we willing to follow the truth? Are we ready to do what the scripture teaches? Can we obey the Lord in accordance with the teaching of scripture without putting in our opinion as well? All that rhetoric, right? We've got it just as much as they have politically. We've got all of our own rhetoric, right? <laughs> do we consider the authority of the Bible as sufficient without seeking human help in our obedience? We must obey the Lord and everything he teaches us in his word if we would desire to enter upon a true spiritual path. And I'm telling you, these, the, this season that we are in, we need to be strong in the word. We, uh, you know, I, I would never even have thought of talking about this today, but the Lord put it so heavy on my heart. He wants his church ready prepared, built up, that carnal fleshly nature to be cut away so we don't respond like the world responds. It's so easy to respond like the world responds and think, well, they did it, so can I. No, God says don't be like the world. We're to be like him. It's a challenge, isn't it? I know it, because I'm facing the same challenge. You know, I teach this class at the center. It's called t for c which is thinking for a change. And the first part of the class is you tell them that they have uh, this uh, thing in their pocket, and I illustrate, I'm going to pull out this weapon that you have or this skill you have in your pocket, and it's this. And in this class, we are changing our thinking and putting new skills in our pocket <laughs> of coping and, and getting along and problem solving instead of taking this out to fight first. You know, and in the spiritual realm, it's the same thing. We've got to get the word of God in our pocket so we're not responding out of our fleshly carnal nature in our homes, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, even in our churches. We got to put this back and away and throw it away and get the word of God to respond the way God wants us to respond. Amen? So a soul under the rule of the Holy Spirit never worries for itself. Matthew 6.25, it says, Do not be anxious about your life. And in the original context, that word life there means soul. 
we now seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness because we believe God will supply all of our need. Every daily need, we believe, right? We, do we believe it? <laughs> that God every day will supply our needs. Once touched by the cross through the Holy Spirit, the soul is no longer, the soul, I'm sorry, no longer is able to be anxious about itself. While self-consciousness is the soul's primary expression, yet believers actually lose their self in God. Hence, we can trust God utterly. Every work of the soul, including self-love, self-seeking, and self-pride, we have been so eliminated that believers are no longer self-centered. Because the cross has done its task, we do not busily plan any more for ourselves. Instead of suffering anxiety, we can restfully seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. In other words, we can start floating. Right? I mean, we get busy and we get anxious and we get restless because, oh, there's something I got to do, there's something I got to do. Well, <laughs> maybe in your own flesh, maybe you need approval. Maybe you need acceptance. Maybe you need somebody to notice you. But you ask God, cut that fleshly desire away. I only want to do what you've called me to do. I don't want to do something for everybody else. That, that uh, I had to work on. I had to let the Lord work on that one for me. I was out there picking up everybody's balls and trying to do everybody's work to make the whole thing work. Phew. Not good. Because the cross has done its task, we don't have to plan ourselves. If it, we know that if we care for God's cares, that God will take care of our cares. If we care for God's cares, he's going to take care of ours. That's what the scripture says. Once we wondered at miracles, now we live by the God of miracles and know and experience how God provides every need. This all flows naturally since God's power is backing us. The cares of this world emerge as well as very small items along our daily path. Such a life is in truth one of prosperity. It is written, as thy soul prospers, in 3 John 2. This prosperity originates not with what self has gained, but with what self has denied. What yourself has denied. To forsake the soul life, however, is not as easy as deliverance from sin. Since it is our life, the choice is ours to make daily not to live by it, but by the life of God. Give yourself to this word of God in the Bible. Give yourself to it. Use it to know yourself and confirm your own spiritual life. If there is life, there will be love and joy and a heart to obey the word. It, you know, and that's, you know, the Bible says you will know them by their fruit. You will know a Christian brother or sister by their fruit, not by their carnal fleshly nature, right? 
You will know them by their fruit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Uh, give yourself to this word so that your words become the word of God for others and reveal to them their own spiritual condition. Then in the wound of the word, the worldly word, pour in the balm of the word of God to their lives. Last scripture and wrapping it up. One of my favorite little verses, Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. You know, there's something we have to do. We have to tell our soul, I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going to bless the Lord no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what it looks like. Bless the Lord, O my soul, instead of wallowing in fear or self-pity, right? Did you receive that word today? Well, let's just pray. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for your presence in this place. And as your presence is in this place, your word that has gone forth has done its work. It has separated the soul from the spirit, that your word may go in and just discern the intents and the motives of the heart. Thank you, Father God, that your word will continue to work in everyone that is in this place. I pray if there is one lost soul in this place, Lord, that you're drawing them to you. By the power of your Holy Spirit, I just command the blinders that Satan has put on their eyes to come off, that they may see and hear the love and the light of your Son, Jesus Christ. I just want to give a moment, if everyone's head is bowed, if there is anyone here who does not know the Lord, I want you to just raise your hand. If you're not sure, you thought maybe I was saved, but now I don't know, I'm not living that kind of a life. The Lord is here today to meet your needs. Thank you, Father. we got a house full of believers. We have a house full of those who know you. And I know they want to know you more, Lord. They want to draw closer to you. They want you, Father God, to just help them to separate that carnal fleshly nature from their spirit man, that they can be that new creation in Christ. As they work to put off that old man and to put on the new, they yield themselves to you, Father, to work on those areas that they know they struggle with. So I just leave them, Father God, in your hands and in your work, knowing that you will do the work that you've started in them. So I pray now, according to everyone here, according to your word in Ephesians, Father, for the release of supernatural strength in our hearts to experience your emotions, that you would grant us according to your riches, of, to the riches of your glory, to be strengthened with might through your spirit in our inner man, our spiritual heart, that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, and that we, being rooted and grounded in your love, 
are able to comprehend with all the saints here today what is the width and the length and the depth and the height of your Son, the love of your Son, Jesus Christ, which passes knowledge that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. Grant us your peace that passes all understanding today. Cover us by your hand of protection as we seek your kingdom of righteousness and love, joy, and peace. Father God, we lift up Pastor Larry to you, and we thank you, Father God, that he is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, that his time away is restful and peaceful. We ask that you, Father God, bring healing and strength in his body and his, and his soul and his spirit. We thank you, Father God, for a safe trip back. We just want to give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, everyone. Be blessed.